Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, everybody? How's it going? We've got a new set, a new set of cards that aren't modern legal, but we wish yeah. were, and we're going to talk to you about them right now. So Conspiracy Spoilers came out. For those who don't know, Conspiracy, conspiracy yep. is a uh, draft matter set. So it's a set that comes out, uh, this is the second one, um, and it's not standard legal, which means it's not modern legal. Yep. Uh, it has new cards and reprints. And the idea is that it makes it it's like a draft environment for multiplayer. So it's kind of like it's kind of the closest thing they have to a cube um, product, right? Or like this is where they get the print cards meant to go into cubes. Yeah, it's a little funky. Um, you know, well, we're going to talk all about that actually. But let's clear out of the way a couple of the uh, shout outs we want to do first and foremost to check out our sister podcast, The Command Zone. They're on RocketJump.com yeah. as well as we are. Also um, on YouTube, so no. check out their YouTube channel. Also on YouTube, yep. Yeah. Uh, Josh and Jimmy they make great stuff. They're on Twitter at the Command at CommandCast. Yeah, um, we are on Twitter at the MMCast as well as Instagram, Facebook. Um, find us there and check our stuff out. And we are working right now with DMTWClothing.com to make products for you guys. We have this awesome playmat. I think it's almost sold out, but um, in fact. Well, go check it out, dmtwclothing.com. There's definitely a picture of it, and there may be one or two still available. So uh, check that out. Those guys are great. There's also our Patreon. Oh, if yeah. you go to our Patreon, you can kind of sign on to Sweet Swag, and uh, we'll send it to you every month. Um, if you're international, it's actually once quarterly yep. a year because it costs a lot of money to ship stuff internationally. But the international guys should be getting something real soon for their second quarter. And then, uh, yeah. So please check out our Patreon. It, it helps us do cool stuff, um, helps yeah. us stream, helps us buy better equipment. Yeah. yeah, and it's hard to do these things without the help of the people that listen to the podcast. So, uh, and that's you guys. Yeah, it is awesome. We you love you. Um, so I think that pretty much does that. We are we are going to go in-depth here talking about uh, conspiracy. conspiracy, too. And what it's, it means. So there's a couple things. Uh, there's an, I, And I recommend everyone go listen to this episode because I, I really like it. But we had the professor on, I want to say, four months ago with yeah. kind of a summer preview. And I, I don't know if that was the actual subject matter, but we t- ended up talking about what was going to be coming out this summer. And, you know, he was pretty down on whether or not Wizards was going to reprint cards for Modern. Yeah. Because this was right after they kind of made an announcement where um, there was a Sam Stoddard article on the Mothership. And he kind of talked about how they no longer wanted to reprint high power level Modern staples into Standard. Because, you know, what they did with Thoughtseize kind of ruined the format. Not necessarily ruined it, but it made it so that the most powerful thing everyone's doing is... An old card. So they want standard to never kind of have the same best card be in the format. Right. Um, so they, you know, are now kind of really resistant to printing high power level cards in to standard that would dominate modern uh, for modern reprints. So, you know, with them moving away from that, they kind of made a focus of like, we're going to reprint stuff um, or make more of it. We're going to try and figure out a way to print stuff for modern. Right. The professor after, I think, I forget if it was, I forget what it was, but basically he was kind of hard on, we're probably not going to get a reprinting of many cards this summer. He well, was pretty was, hard on there, it. Yeah, and we definitely, uh, in, in this set, there are some interesting reprints, there, some weird ones, and then there's definitely some whiffs. Which, right, so. and, and part, of, part of this came from like Inquisition of Kozilek yeah. wasn't reprinted in... Um, Zendikar. Uh, in Zendikar Block. Yeah. So that's kind of where this kind of started from. And if you look at this summer, you know, Eternal Masters came out and was just like, you know, we wanted to focus this to be a eternal thing for Legacy and, and Cube and Commander. So there's not going to be a lot of modern cards. And the only modern staple in that entire set was 
the elf, the one mana that taps three elves, the tap for three mana. Heritage Druid. Heritage Druid. And they moved it from uncommon to rare. So even on top of it being like the only modern card, it was not even a really good plant for modern. And then From the Vault came out. And once again, From the Vault had actually zero modern staples in it. In fact, the two cards that were worth anything in that are both banned in modern. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I bought it. It's sweet. But yeah, GTA and Dark Depths are never are not modern cards that are legal currently. Also, like I don't know if I've ever talked about this on the show. Quick tangent. Um, I think that the way I like to play Magic cards makes GTA the single most infuriating card ever printed. <laughs> like I, we, I realize this playing Highlander games against you. I used to notice this when I would play Legacy. That card is just, I mean, obviously so busted for anyone that's ever played GTA. But if you're somebody who likes to play like efficient flyers and unblockable creatures that have like one and two toughness that do cool things, maybe suiting them up with equipment, and somebody gets a GTA out against you, you just can't win. It's the worst thing ever. True. It's literally the worst thing ever. If, like, Even in Mono Black Box, that has no creatures when I played it in Legacy. I used to... GTA was such a big deal that if I played against any Maverick deck, I would bring in uh, Pitting Needles and name GTA against anything else they could do. I was yeah. just like, that card, I can't beat it, period, no matter what. Yeah. It, and that's without creatures. Like, all the other things it does is a problem. Yeah, so yeah, that card's super powerful. But moving on. So, you know... At that point, I thought I did it, and I, I mean, he admits it at the end of the podcast. I convinced him that Wizards will do stuff for us, we'll get reprints, and this is kind of the first set that we started kind of seeing that. It was kind of three strikes, you're out. I was two strikes in. I was like, oh no, they're not going to reprint any modern staples this summer. Well, and then <laughs> this one was like, this one was weird. So the first big one, the one that surprised all of us, was rare reprint of Inquisition of Kozilek. Yeah, that was like, that was like. Really, guys? Like, first of all, like, what does Inquisition really have to do with this set? And secondly, if you're going to do it, like, why are you going to shift it to rare? Well, I think I think it's a, there's a couple reasons. One okay. of them is they realized probably around the time Glenn, because Glenn worked on Conspiracy when he left the podcast. Glenn Jones now works at Wizards. He was one of the original hosts of the podcast. Um, that's around when Conspiracy showed up, and my guess is that's also exactly around when they realized Inquisition of Kozilek wasn't going to fit into. Um, Battle for Zenekar? Uh Oath of the Gatewatch. Okay. Because um, that's when Kozlek shows up, so that's where it'd be. They're like, oh, we can't repair to the standard. This doesn't really fit. All the old, like, they, they have all their reasons that you can kind of go look yeah. up why Inquisitor Kozlek wasn't in that set. Um, that's kind of when, and my guess is that's also exactly when Conspiracy was in development, and they're like, you know what? We have to reprint this card. Right. We're whiffing so hard by not. We have to get it somewhere. Let's throw it in Conspiracy. Let's throw it as a rare. I mean, like, and, and someone made this on point on Twitter. If this was a rare originally, I don't think people would be batting as much of an eye on it. No. And the other thing is, people are looking at Conspiracy like it's a modern master set. Right. Where it's, there's only going to be a limited print run. Packs are going to cost $7 a pop minimum to $10 now. Like, there's only going to be one print. No, Conspiracy is printed to demand. So a rare in Conspiracy is going to still have more cards than an uncommon from Eternal Masters. Right. And I mean Easy. and this is as you said, this is not the kind of modern masters, Eternal Masters thing. There are going to print a demand on this. So yeah. anything they put in that is highly demanded is gonna just the price will tank. It will it like there will be so much of it. So right. the rare shift thing there is kind of important. Um, which is actually evidenced by the next card they printed, which is Serum Visions, right. which got shifted to Uncommon. Yeah. Um, well, again, it was Uncommon. It's always been Uncommon. No. Or it was, it was Common. It was Common. Oh, original. yeah, yeah, yeah. Common right. I'm wrong. And Fifth Dawn, which is why when I went home, I only ever opened one box of Fifth Dawn. I like went home kind of recently, and I found 11 Serum Visions in a box. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, cool. I guess I opened a box this once. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, $7, $8. So, yeah, $8, Serum $8. Visions was reprinted. Um, that's, that's been needed. Yeah. 
I mean, we've talked about how like Serum Visions is on my like top ten cards that I could imagine Wizards banning. I don't think they should, but no. I can see them. T- and now I'm pretty confident that won't happen. Or maybe this is the the kiss of death, as seen by Splinter Twin. <laughs> seen, as seen, seen as seen as seen as seen by Splinter Twin, and it's uh, reprinting in Modern Masters, and then I and I have Ugin actually. Both of them were reprinted in Modern Masters too, and both of them were banned within a year. Right. <laughs> yeah, that was that was rough. The Eye of Ugin one was just like that was, well, that was necessary. I know, but that was, was also an exposition like, too. Exposition, yeah. guys. Like, how do you how do you let that happen? How do you make this chase card? Like, can you imagine being the kid that has Eye of Ugin expeditions? It's just rough. Yep, it's just rough. Uh, I think the expedition was the big mistake. Yeah, big time. I think Modern Masters probably was printed early enough where they maybe didn't know yeah. what the Eldrazi were exactly going to look like. So, and and, and it's a little it? bit of a let's make sure we get this into players' hands just in case this becomes right. the best. Very good, maybe not broken, but like imagine how expensive Ayavugan would have been without that reprinting. Oh it was God. already like a twenty dollar card, it would have been a fifty dollar card. It's also so like I mean, also Splinter Twin was at rare, which is which is Ayavugan <laughs> uh, was at mythic, which is like a whole different. No, it was a, it was rare in Modern Masters one. Oh, originally, originally, yeah, 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 yeah. So that like that's the point. Like that's the only reason it was even available. I think the expedition was a mistake. I yeah, think they could have been like this could be a problem. I also get why they did it. It's like the one legendary land from that set, like. Should have been Valakut. But moving on. Right. <laughs> um, but, so we get so we get Serum Visions. So these are kind of the two big ones. But a year ago, if you had asked me what are the two most important commons and uncommons that need to be reprinted in Modern, those would be my top of my list. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, to this point, what would be the third uncommon that hasn't yet been reprinted? Was Mind Sensor reprinted semi-recently? Am I forgetting? Or did they miss? Didn't they miss a- it? Oh, even Mind Sensor still has never been printed. Right, that's the that's um, one of the big ones. That's one of the big uncommons. Um, that though feels like a one they're maybe looking to save for standard. Yeah, that seems more like a like you just need a plane with bird people. That's not going to be too good in standard. No, because unless you have fetch lands, which doesn't seem like that's going to come back anytime soon. Um, unless you have fetch lands, you don't need it to make it like, that card. It's only good. <laughs> it's good against evolving wilds, but I mean, if you're it's playing, it's a great a form- hate card. Like it's good against. Eldritch Evolution in this format, but like any form, like yeah, well, I mean, or any 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 searchable land, even if it is your Evolving Wilds type of card, it's well, good but, against. But also, those are going to get basics, so there's a high likelihood of hitting one because yeah, you know, if it's a format that's not playing perfect mana, there's probably a lot of basics in your deck. Well, plus you, you know, it's a hate card against tutoring, and Wizards doesn't like tutoring that much, so playing a hate card in, with tutoring into standard doesn't seem like a ridiculous thing to do. I'm trying to think if there's any. I'm actually others. surprised it wasn't in you know it wasn't in Consbot because the fetches were were in Consbot. Yeah, that's like a pretty blatant obvious one. Can you think of any others that are that are big that haven't been recently reprinted? No, that's kind of the only main one. Um, Elf. Oh 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 oh. All of Merfolk. Yes. What, but I think that's a definitive. We're gonna print this in Modern Masters three or some future set yeah. that they're planning on reprinting all of them. Like Curse Catcher. Um, yeah, is the big one. Silvergill Adept. Because like, Curse Catcher is like 18 bucks minimum. And Silvergill's pretty expensive, right? Yeah, and my guess is they'll go up soon just because they weren't reprinted in Eternal Masters. The, like, there's not another reprint set for a Rangery, while. When yeah. do we get another? Th- that Those would be cards I'd keep my eyes on. Yeah. Um, but I'd also think like Merfolk will be a draft archetype in a reprint set like Conspiracy or Eternal Masters or Modern Masters 3 in the future. Yeah. So yeah. On that note, I'm actually pretty confident right now that Modern Masters three is not a year away, but maybe two years away. Really? You think uh, it's not? We don't think we're going to see the same. I forget who I was talking to about it. I think it was Marshall, who was has been on the podcast. He has actually a different podcast. We might yeah. have him on again. But uh, he and we were talking about because if you look at draft archetypes, yeah, it gets a lot more interesting if you add Return to Ravnica. Hmm. 
Like that's a that's three sets. You get a Brep Decay. You get both the all the Innistrad cards. You get to reprint Voice. You get Voice. Like there's a there's a chunk more stuff you get. And then if you get all the way to Theros, like you get really cool stuff. Except that Theros is the worst. Um, well, well, but you you get Thoughtseize reprint. <laughs> there's you like four get, good cards. I though. mean, Thoughtseize would already be available, but <laughs> yeah. you also get like like I could see them doing a Constellation Enchantments matters. Yeah. As a draft arf- a draft archetype as a three three a pack that sounds really sweet. Well, also because with uh, and like uh, we, there's we've, some, some cool Dredge Constellation stuff that you can do. We've also talked about on here before how um, Constellation was a, was I think one of the big swing. Swing almost success and then misses of that block, like because it was in the third set. Yeah, and constellation was really cool. As like anybody who's played Magic a long time knows that anytime you make efficient, cheap enchantment enchantments, it's like a fun thing to it's a fun thing to mess with. Sure, because there's a lot of cool synergy over time with those cards being printed and like that like cards like Underworld Coinsmith, for instance, which is like a very cool card. I think yeah. um, you don't really get to see any play with that card. It's impossible to build around that card right now because there hasn't been support. So. Right. Um, a draft set that would focus on like all three of those. All three of those added would like offer a lot of draft environments. We also like they announced the GPs. Yeah, and we eventually will talk about Team Modern, and we'll also talk about that triple GP weekend. The super yeah. GP. Someone was listening to us. Um, yeah, totally right. It does. It does kind of feel like we we got a little bit rewarded. I know we were talking wow. about. We need like the super GP. We're getting it. So. Um, it is. Do you ever find that? But kind there's of, no modern masters scheduled for limited events. Do you ever find it a little bit weird that like we do this podcast and we like interact on Twitter and like we're just we're just like guys that like magic a lot. We like to talk about it. And then occasionally something will happen where like somebody who's a big name or like really plays magic will like mention our name or something. And it's like, oh wow, like there's people that play this game professionally or make the game that are actually listening to what we're saying. How weird, right? Yeah, it's Matt Sperling, weird. like re- he like dropped our name in the first paragraph of his like. This is my Emrakul deck that I built. I talked to the Masters of Modern about it. Check it out. Like, and his lists were sweet. I've yeah. been, I recommend going to his article. Super sweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay. So that's. I mean, those are kind of the cards they reprinted. And as far as rares go, there's a ton that they need to reprint off of the. Yeah. And what are those? What are the two big? What's the big one they missed? What's like the obvious one that's like a stab? It's Damnation. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They, yeah absolutely. What's ridiculous and and. and Okay, Damnation's not on the set. There's something weird. Okay. Avatar Woe being yeah. the black mythic rare in this set is a is a insult. Bizarre. <laughs> it's I so bizarre. It's, it's yeah, it's beyond insult. It's just totally bizarre. And like, it's not so like hollow burial is in this set. So it's not like they're against efficient board wipes. Yeah, I mean there's a difference of four versus five. I mean hollow burial costs five. But not in limit not nearly as much in limited. No. Uh, and multiplayer limited, it's even less so. Damnation's just like at this point, if you were going to say at each rarity, it would be Serum Visions was the common and Inquisition was the uncommon and Damnation is by far the rare, though it will be shifted to Mythic when they reprint it almost assuredly. Hopefully. But, That'd be cool. I'd be yeah, down with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it seems fine. I just, but that is just like crazy that that hasn't happened yet. How many misses is that now? Three? Uh, so they had a chance in, I would say they had a chance at Shadows Over and Yeah. That block, that like Damnation makes sense in that world. They had a chance at Modern Annihilation. Modern Masters um, 2 was yeah, definitely a Modern chance. Masters 2, they had, an, uh, they had a chance at the From the Vault's Annihilation. That was the board wipe that from was, the vault. Yeah, that was the biggest chance. <laughs> what was the, it was Wrath of God was the one that got reprinted there? Yeah, and like eight other board wipes. Was it Wrath or Day? Wrath and... Day? Wrath both? for sure. Wrath Because yeah. Wrath of God was the one with the gut, the new... It had, it had Helios. Helios. Yeah. Uh, they're like, we can reprint this. We were avoiding it because the word God is in it. But now that we yeah. have gods, we can reprint it. Um so, anyway. I still, I'm still, I still think it might be just damnation as a swear in some circles, and so they're resistant to reprinting it 
So they'll know, make a functional at some point. They'll make a functional reprint of the color shifted Wrath of God. Never, it'll never happen. I don't know. I like here's. I mean, I don't think it would break any format. I don't think playing having the ability to play eight damnations is that good. So no. playing a new damn like a Day of Judgment version of Damnation in black. You would have to find another format where you are willing to color warp, and that's. I don't think it's standard. Well, standard can get like it has languish. Black has lang- the color. The color warp on black is not a color. They've stated that black can have destroy all creatures. Languish is just different, though. It's I mean, languish is good. Well, they, but they've said they don't want four mana ones in standard anymore. So like we yeah. could get it in. Hmm, I don't know conspiracy set. <laughs> yeah. Speaking um, of which, let's talk about some of the new cards. Yeah. So so that's that's the last piece that we're going to do today is kind of go through each of the cards that we think. What this really is is what are these cards would we love to see in modern? Yeah. Because that's we're a modern podcast. Yep. I don't and, know uh, if you knew this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And there's some cool ones. There's some like, really interesting ones. So let's chat. Let's chat about them a little. All bit. right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start with my uh, my. This is not my number one pick, but I do think this would be cool, and it kind of gets us to talk about this mechanic, and that's Throne of High City. Oh yeah, we're not going to be doing. Uh, we're not like battling our top. Yeah, tens. we did that last. We're not. We're, yeah, we're just going we're through just some of the cards. About the ten, probably, probably like the ten or so. Cards. We did this for conspiracy too. It's yeah. harder when in these like new card sets where they're printing new stuff to like battle it out. But right. it's easier for us to be like, these are the cards we wish could be printed in modern that are the new cards. Because we want to look at the new cards. New cards are sweet. Yep. Who doesn't like new cards? So the first one is Throne of High City. This is the land that uh, you can you can tap it for colors. Mana comes into play untapped. And for four mana, you can sacrifice it to become the monarch. Right. So that's kind of the key mechanic of this game. And if you don't know what that is, it basically means if you become the monarch, you get an emblem. It's not technically an emblem, but yep. we're going to call it an emblem. Um, or maybe an emblem. I don't know. But uh, that states, at the end of your, the beginning of your end step, draw a card. If someone did do damage to, to you with creatures, they become the monarch, and you are no longer the monarch. But then you can get that monarchy back from them by doing damage to them. The reason I like it on this land is this land basically says you get a land, and then for four mana and sacrificing a land, so five mana and losing a land, you now have a bob in play. Yeah, and it's and it's also <laughs> the kind of... And it's it's that it's that same kind of effect as contested warzone, where when you deal damage to someone, you gain control of it. Yes. Um, which is that's like a fun, tenuous kind of card to play with. I I, I don't really like the idea of of uh, monarch being something that shows up in modern, but at the same time, as legacy dwindles uh, more and more, I feel like, and modern becomes so just a deeper and deeper and deeper card pool, you get more and more reprints. I think at some point. I don't mind the idea of, of modern adopting that sort of legacy feel, which is that any card that gets printed has the potential to be played here, even if it's a mechanic like Will of the Council or something. Um, I, I kind of like that. I think you know it, it would take some time. They would have to kind of get to a point where they felt like modern's power level was stable so they could start introducing those things. It's a little confusing for new players, but I do think that eventually modern is just going to become that type of format. It will just sort of take the place of legacy for a lot of players. Um, so something like yeah. Monarch, which is not a modern mechanic, but I also don't think mo- it's necessarily unfair. I think you attack more in modern than you do in legacy. You get hit by a creature more often, so monarch will switch around. Yeah. But like this in a con- like people talk and people ask us all the time on Twitter, what's a cool thing to be added to modern to make control classic control more viable? I think this is a mechanic that is a fair way to do it that definitely does it. Yeah. This is a card draw engine that's slow, so it's not going to draw you into like the combo piece you need to win on turn three. But on top of that. It's kind of a free roll. It's a free card draw engine. So like, it's kind of the perfect little bit bit of I can waste all my removal spells and counter magic in the beginning because I know I'll eventually have this monarch spell to kind of draw me into the end game. Right. Um. So yeah. So uh, next card. Yeah. Let's do it. Uh, Queen Marchesa. Oh yeah. So this is the four drop, right? 
Um, yeah, so this is uh, this is a Mardu plus one, three three legendary creature, human assassin, death touch haste. When Marchesa enters the battlefield, you become the monarch at the beginning of your upkeep. If an opponent is the monarch, put a one one black assassin creature token with death touch and haste onto the battlefield. Basically, it's a three three death touch haste that you draw a card at the end of the turn. Um, but if you get, if, but if you keep monarch, you also start like it start rabble mastering a person. Yeah, and, and the one one death touch tokens are sweet. You've talked about it before from a fairness perspective. It's a four drop. Yep, it's kind of. The, it would be like Mardu's Bloodbraid Elf. Yeah. But I'd love for Mardu to have a Bloodbraid Elf. <laughs> like, yeah. Seeing that deck color combination see play would be great. I really do think that more and more what we're starting to see is like I just I just don't think that four anymore, if you're especially if you're dealing with a three color card, is you can you can push the power level so much. Yeah. Like I was we were talking about this last night. Like how many four drops can you think of printing in the last two years that have actually like had a significant serious impact in modern? You have Siege Rhino, yeah, that's the big one. But aside from that, collected like, company, instant speed. Yeah, collected company is really good. That's it. It's like two cards. Yeah, like they've tried with Planeswalkers to make them really good, and mm-hmm. you had a few that are like right on the edge. And like, it's like see some play, but only the three mana Planeswalkers really get any kind of play in modern. Yeah, like you, you know those those three color decks. You know your Abzan and your Jun. They like to play around, and sometimes with like a yeah. Huntmaster. Sometimes they'll play around with like a uh, like Olivia. But like for the most part, it's just four drops just don't make that big of an impact. And so it's interesting. I like to see the power level pushed because. Um, I would prefer, like, Tamiyo I was just gushing about in our set review. Yeah. I think Tamiyo's so good. I remember. It's barely seen anything. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. Looking back to the days when, like, Mind Sculptor was printed, it really makes you realize how good of a card that actually is. Like, it makes you realize at four mana how just nuts that card actually right. is. Right. It dominated every format at four mana, which is maybe, like, that's the most expensive legacy staple <laughs> that's what? not a I win by playing this what so it's on kind that of a win I play. on yeah. that note that's the most powerful four drop ever printed right is that is that through and through no question no what's the most powerful four drop I would have to think about it and do research but like something like what's the green and art of enchantment that let you sacrifice a creature or if it dies you get to put any cre- green creature into play pattern of rebirth or natural order both are four drops so both birthing pod is up there uh, I, I think birthing pod is worse than Jace I think natural order is Natural order is sack a green creature. When you play it, you get any green creature into play. Well, it reads sack a green creature, you win, is what it reads. Literally. I mean, like, for the most part. Yeah. I mean, How I, many times do you cast natural order and not instantly win? Okay. So I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. 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 I, I'm not. I'm, Jace is up there with best four drops. But my, I guess, onto Queen Marchesa. Yeah. It, I guess the, the question I had before we go back to it was just like, I, I do actually logically wonder if Jace was to be reprinted for modern or unbanned. Um, I do sort of wonder what it would really look like. Like I think there's a lot of people said that's just insane. It card's so good, but on the other hand, like I don't know. I mean, four four is a tough mana cost. So Queen Marchesa. Um, the one the one thing I did want to bring up is the difference. Like, it's interesting to see a four drop three three with haste yeah. that has death touch. Just that ability, ignoring everything else, because Lightning Bolt killed the, kills this card. Yeah, but it has haste, so you can. Sandbag it until they tap out theoretically, or you kind of are able to protect it from lightning bolts, and it just gets in there. And yeah. you're either going to trade for a creature or dome them for three, which isn't the worst. Well, it also and then you start drawing the cards. Battlefield and becomes the monarch. So if it comes down, they bolt it immediately, and and it, you still draw the card at the yeah. end of the turn. Yeah. Right. So I mean, you still you're still looking at like four mana to one for one them, and then get another card. So it's essentially a two for one at four. It, yeah. It's it's fine. I don't think it's like busted. No. I think it's good though. Let's but I think about, it'd be sweet. Let's talk about Leavold. Leavold Emissary of Trest. This, I think this is the 
Oh, no, we have a few of the legendaries. The legendaries in the set are sweet. Uh, yeah. It's a green, a black, and a blue, so salt eye colors, but that's it. Uh, Elf Advisor. Each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. Whenever yeah. you are a permanent, you control becomes the target of a spell or ability. An opponent controls, you may draw a card. So this has the sort of um, the old the old blue-white 2-2 two, two sliver for two, uh, whatever the heck that card was called. Opaline Sliver, I think, is what I'm thinking of. Um, but anyway... Twitter, let us know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Opaline Sliver. Uh, it, that was a blue-white card, but it has that ability whenever you... Or, you know, that was whenever a Sliver was target, you would draw a card. Um, it, it's sweet. Like, I, I like in Modern a 3-3 three, three for 3 that can be cast on turn 2 from a Hierarch that... Gives all your creatures basically semi-hexproof. It's not actual hexproof, but you basically draw a card on it if anything gets targeted, including himself. So it has some protection. Right. I mean, think about this getting bolted. Like, it, you, they bolt this, you draw a card. Yeah. If it's in play, they bolt you, you draw a card. Like, I think at 3-3 three, three for 3, this is a well-balanced card for Modern that I think would be a lot of fun. And, and like, pushing it to the extreme, I really want to do a... What's the... Uh, oh, I always forget what it's called. The Black Enchantment that the community created. Black enchantment the community created. It has three. It has the three abilities. If someone discards a card, do this. If someone discards a land, do this. If someone discards a creature, do this. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, so the the uh, keep, co- keep. All right. Well, so oh, that I card, and then play that on turn two. Play this on turn three, and then turn four, play uh, Dark Deal. Yeah. Where each of you discard your hand, and then you draw cards minus one, but your opponent doesn't draw anymore. <laughs> I believe the card you're referring to is Waste Not, right? Yes, Waste yeah, Not yeah, is the yeah. first one. So Waste Not into him, into that, like, the things he does with wheel effects, yeah. his time twister effects, is so sick that, like, that's the three-mana one, but there's five-mana ones that are just blatantly good. Like, there's a lot of cool things I think you could do with this guy Yeah, that are just, like, unfair. Um, I also really like the idea of spell skiting on turn two into this guy on turn three. Like, <laughs> it seems, like, so sweet. Yeah. I mean, think about also, this is you or a permanent. So this means that the next time they cast, th- they cast Thought Seize or Inquisition, you draw a card. Yeah. Like, you draw a card off Thoughtseize Inquisition. You draw a card off just bolt to the face. Yeah. Like Snapcaster Mage reads, they draw two cards. This card's really good. I mean, I kind of wonder, I kind of wonder if this was modern legal. A three, it's three, three, for three colors. It dies the lightning bolt. Yeah, I just I just think that there's there's maybe a Sultai deck. Um there's there's maybe a Sultai deck with this card that, that it would, could exist if it existed. I mean, I'm just saying, if you play four hierarchs, if you play four hierarchs, that card is absolutely playable. Like yeah. getting that on turn two seems very good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, theoretically, he's also good with Collected Company. Yeah. Yeah. Like a Salt Eye Coco. Seems so sick. So sweet. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Next card. Duretti, Ingenious Iconoclast. Strong argument for, this, for the best card in the set. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I'm super excited. I have a black-red Malfagor deck that yeah. is all basically the old Duretti, but I'm playing black-red yeah. in Commander, this which is, has nothing to do with this. This <laughs> is a, a three-mana Planeswalker, yep. which has been classically Always good, good. In modern. Uh, it's... it's um, uh, Rakdos, black, red, one for a three loyalty. It's plus one is put a one one colorless construct artifact creature token with de- with defender onto the battlefield. It's minus one is you may sack an artifact if you do destroy target artifact or creature. Minus six, choose target artifact card in a graveyard or artifact on the battlefield. Put three tokens that are copies of it onto the battlefield. So uh, it's an ultimate that takes you four turns to get to and activate if you just go classically. I don't think the ultimate is probably what you're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Curves ridiculously well into Tezzeret and Agent of Volus. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds super sick. Yeah. Now... Just like ink. What's the... What's the... You sack a a thing and you uh, draw a card? Artifact? Two mana? uh, You play it, draw a card, sack it, draw a card? Oh, the two Wellsprings? Yeah, Wellsprings. Like, a Wellspring into him, into Tezzeret, seems really 
good. <laughs> yeah, seems really good. Um, I guess my only issue with this into Tezzerad is that the one one has defender, right? And if you make a five, the defender becomes a five five, it's still a defender. Sure, right? but you can you can use the defender with his minus, so you can kill. You just keep using this as a like block and removal, block and removal spell. Yeah, I mean it definitely seems very good. Yep. I, I don't know if you would go. Would you play like a straight Grixis Walkers like four and four? Do you think? Yeah. Seems like a lot of repetition of, of legendary cards. Can we play though. Jace for his Prodigy at two, so it's just Grixis Walkers? Uh, you could. <laughs> I guess I guess it depends on the spells. For Liliana like of the Veil? It sounds like you're playing a lot of... For, for Jace, for his Prodigy would be good. It sounds like you're playing a lot of artifacts, so I don't know if he's actually... I think Jace is bad. Deck. I think Liliana would be cool, though. Yeah, but then You again, can discard that Spine into the graveyard. Yeah. Spine of Vishash, which I- lets Ishsa, you yeah. kill three creatures with Dreddy. All right, so that's Dreddy. He's really good. Yeah, I liked it already a lot. Um, Kaya Ghost Assassin. This is the other Planeswalker in the set. This is two colorless, one white, one black. Planeswalker Kaya, five loyalty when she comes into play. She Her her first ability is a zero. You exile Kaya Ghost Assassin or up to one target creature and return that creature to the battlefield under its owner control at the next upkeep. Yeah. During your next upkeep. You lose two life. It has a minus that you drain for two. And a minus two. That each opponent discards a card and you draw a card. It's got one very cool detail, and it's that it was designed by the uh, one of the original two hosts of this podcast. Yeah. It was the first card that uh, Glenn Jones, who now works for Wizards, designed when he left this podcast. Yeah, this and, and uh, the moon yeah. card, he which tr- are like both really sick. Imprisoned in the moon. Glenn should just keep designing cards. Yeah, he's good. I'm glad he's not... I'm glad he... I mean, I'm sad he's not here, but I'm glad that what he's contributed not being on this podcast is yeah. the sickest cards. He left, gave you Imprisoned in the Moon and Kaya Ghost Assassin, and As I showed gift. up and just talked about Grand Architect and Spellscout a lot. Yeah. I think uh, yeah, yeah. he's doing pretty well. <laughs> so... I mean, one of the reasons, like, this card is just the blinking. Like, I mean, like, any set that lets you rebuy your Wall of Omens or your Blade Splicer or just other sweet cards that have ETBs is something to take a look at. Um, This is, like, so your card, too, because you absolutely love, you love blink effects. Yeah, I really do. Again, the idea that, like, in a Grixis deck, this curves into Venser directly is, like, so sweet for you. Yeah. I wonder, like, what would your, what would your, um, what would your Venser deck look like? Would it just play four of the Elephant? It would, right? If you have this and Venser. Because then you can play. Well, this isn't great with the elephant because it doesn't come until your next upkeep. Or so it's every other turn creature. you skip a skip an untap step or skip an attack step. Um, I would definitely play both Vencers though, a creature and planeswalker. You love creature Vencers so much. Wall of Omen seems sick. Yeah, I guess you'd probably go like four of this guy, three or two Vencer of the planeswalker, yeah. and you'd play four of the elephant. And I would, would just, I would play that deck tomorrow. And Wall of Omens. And just like, like I want to play that, I might play the deck in Legacy. Just like put four Force of Will because Venture's not terrible with Force of Will. No, sweet. Have Jason there. Yeah, cool. Seems all right, good. I'm making that happen. Yeah, go on the Legacy Weapon Podcast and talk about it. <laughs> uh, all right, um, Stunt Double. So this, this card's sick. So this is really interesting. This is definitely a card I love. Um, it's a shapeshifter. One blue, three colorless, zero zero. You may have Stunt Double enter the battlefield as a copy of any creature on the battlefield. It's a straight up just clone with Flash. Yeah, you didn't say Flash. It has Flash. That's the sick part. Yeah, They've never done this flesh. card. How does this card not exist? <laughs> it is kind of weird. It, it, this cards like this always make you realize how much design space there actually still exists in Magic. Like, like yeah. we think that so many of the avenues have been explored, and then you just think about this card, and you're like, oh. I wonder how much that happens at Wizards, where they're just like, oh yeah, that card exists, and then they look it up, and it's like, oh wait, this card doesn't exist. This card doesn't exist. <laughs> well, okay, so last night we're sitting there playing, and you're like, do you think Wizards would print, you know, Sorcery Speed? Um, look at the top two, put one into your hand, one into your graveyard. And I was like, "It was late. I was tired." Yeah, I was like, "I think, yeah, I think that's 
just the card sleight of hand, actually. And you were like, <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. And it sees play. But like, But, I mean... I was, I, trying to, I was trying to like create a the good, cheap anticipate the reasonable cantrip. We've uh, there, there should be a conversation called the reasonable cantrip that like we just like have on an episode because I swear to you, if you're a magic player, you have thought of every iteration of a one mana cantrip in blue that just look. We've all thought of every one of them, right? Like, you have to have thought of all of them because I feel like I have every version of preordain or ponder or serum visions. Like you've just tried to come up with like the fair version, um, right? One blue instant reveal a top card if it's a non-land card. Put it into your hand. Uh, I don't be think bad. it would be good enough. Yeah, that wouldn't be good. Um, I think we shouldn't play this game because... It's just going to be a... It's just, just go on. Yeah, all right. We'll just have Stunt Devil is sweet, partly just because it's a, a, everything with flash. I mean, look at Collecting Company. It's a four mana... You say four mana spells can't see play. I respond with that four mana sorcery spells can't see play in modern. Yeah. Um, it's clone. I mean, there are other good clones. There, I mean, like the only... The main one that's seen play is the two mana one. Phantasmal image. Phantasmal image. But that card's really good. I mean, just I, like tap out control with this where they're like, I play this thing. And you're like, well, I can kill that thing. And I also get to copy it. So I get your sweet thing and kill it. It's so funny that in the same format that we had, like the same format that you had, Snapcaster Mage and Delver, also Phantasmal Image and Phyrexian Metamorph were legal. Like those are like arguably the two best clones ever printed, right? Phyrexian, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like I think... I'm probably forgetting one right now, but like those are probably the two best. Not clones. To mention, yeah, I think they're just blatantly the two best. And Snapcaster has a strong argument as like maybe the best creature ever printed, but it's because of its ETB effect, which both get it gets triggered off of both of those. Yeah. Like that's so hilarious and ridiculous. What what a gross format that was. <laughs> All right, next card. This is what I would argue is the best card on the set. Yeah, I would agree. This is a. a Recruiter of the Guard. It's two colorless white human soldier. When Recruiter of the Guard enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a creature card with toughness two or less, reveal it, put it in your hand, then shuffle your library 1-1. One, one. This probably shouldn't be in modern. No. This as is, sick as this card is. Well, this is just, all this is is just reverse uh, Imperial Recruiter. It's, yeah. That's it's what it is. White instead of red. It gets uh, toughness versus power. But the thing you can do with it is cast this, get Kiki-Jiki, cast Kiki-Jiki, clone this, get uh, Deceiver Exarch, play yeah. Deceiver Exarch. Seems good. It's happened plenty of times in Eternal formats that I've played. Um, yeah, it's this is just a card that's obviously just like a fun thing to, to give to yeah, casual be, players. And beyond just like putting this in Coco. Yeah. And just like look at all the hate bears you can get now. <laughs> yeah, I mean this is this is like a super fun thing that you can do. I think I mean, I guess in modern that would be the number one thing you would do with it. I think you would do a ton of crazy things with it. It's well, I think everything in Coco, like it's a great Coco card. You yeah. play two of these, hitting this off a of Collected Company means you get the two cards from Collected Company plus th- the best X2 in your deck. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I mean, it also really just means, it also just really means like creature-based, creature-based combo decks. Three, two? It is, right? Uh, is yes. That's sweet, too. Four, a 4-2, four maybe. Three, maybe. No, 3-2 like Intimidate. Because it's a five-mana card, right? Yeah. But it evokes But it evokes for two. So I think it's five mana. It might be four two, maybe it's three two. Either way, uh, yeah. but the point is you can get it because it's the next two. So yep. like this gets you a doom blade, and then move on from that with all the other sweet things you can yeah, get. Yeah, three two. You're right. Probably too good for modern though. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> uh, next card. This card is sweet, and I don't know if he is too good to, for modern. Grenzo Havoc Razor. Yeah. Legendary creature, Goblin Rogue for two red. Uh, whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, choose one. Go target creature with that player controls. Exile the top card of that player's library until end of turn. You may cast that card, and you may spend mana as though it were mana of any color to cast it. Okay, so so base what level, goad is first? Well, goad is crappy for the most part, I think. Well, goad is goad is detain for all yeah. ta- for for attacking. So basically, it says target player target creature can't attack you. Right. 
I think goad is really poorly worded, I want to say. Like it's I, worded for multiplayer. Yeah, but it's worded in like the super super confusing way. Um, cuz I feel like I've read goad like 9 times and it still doesn't quite make sense to me. What well, says it says two things and they conflict with each other. It yeah. says target creature has to attack this turn and then it also says and they can't attack you. But because they can't attack you in 1v1, that means they also can't attack. Um, cuz there's only one person to attack and that's you. But they can still block. So the one thing that he might be too good is if you can get him with a bunch of unblockable creatures or flyers in play, yeah. he basically says target player can't attack you ever again without killing all of your creatures or him. Right. And if they don't have enough creatures or that you have more creatures than them, you start drawing into their cards. Yep. Um, he seems sick, though. It, yeah. But it is also their cards, so it's not your own cards. So you're not drawing into better stuff. You're drawing into their better but stuff. But you can spend mana of any color to cast it, so it's... Sure, but if your their game plan is not... Like, if you're doing this against a Goro's Vengeance deck, like... I'm just saying, like if in that modern, most bad. of the time you can cast cards in their deck. Sure, I would say sure, the sure. the things keeping so the pros and cons for this card for me. Okay, it's a two two for two. Um, bears are traditionally good. It has an ability that essentially represents card advantage and plays well with efficient, cheap creatures. That's all solid. Um, things against it, red. Unless you're playing like aggro, is usually not the greatest creature color. You have a couple red creatures that have seen play, but for the most part, like zoo. Yeah, I'm saying so. Raging Goblin, or not Raging Goblin? Sorry, Goblins. Goblins in general, this card seems Go- sick. In. Goblin this would make Goblins playable. Goblin Guide obviously is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you definitely have like uh, Monastery Swift Spear has been very good. There's a couple of red creatures, but I think, like generally speaking, like red is played for Lightning Bolt. I would say in most decks, that's kind of a go-to. Okay, I, but I, like imagine there's just in those Goblin decks, so like I, the so token Goblin decks are like really good with this card. So I hear you. So what I'm saying is. This guy slots very well into a mono-red strategy because he's double-red. Uh-huh. Getting the ability, like you said, with a bunch of unblockable or flyers requires you to mostly dip into other colors. And because sure. this guy okay. is red-red and legendary, packing your deck with him just seems like a little dicey. I like the fact that he's a rogue. Um, he would play probably pretty well in like a Grixis rogues deck. He might be that like finishing piece that we've talked about if you, needed, if you wanted to try to make rogues a thing. like uh-huh. They're exactly the kind of creature you want. Yeah, okay. Um, but I think he would actually be balanced. Maybe we're wrong because of the goat ability, but they just have to kill him. All they have to do is kill him. Yeah, yeah. And then your deck's pretty weak. I think this card is fair. I don't think this card is overpowered. I think it would be good, though. It'd be yeah. sweet. I think it's fair to print in modern, actually. Yeah. Uh, and this is my last card. Um, Sanctum Prelate. White, white, colorless, human cleric. As Sanctum Prelate enters the battlefield, choose a number. Non-creature spells with the... Ch- Converted mana cost equal to the chosen number can't be cast. 2-2. Two, two. So this is kind of basically, you you choose one every time, right? Unless the deck is something blatantly, like, collect yeah, a company. Because the card, because, I mean, the one sweet thing about choosing two, the one sweet thing about choosing two is that against Abrupt Decay, they actually can't cast it. It's not a counter oh, effect. Oh, yeah, yeah, Which is cool. But then again, they have Lightning Bolt. So unless it's, unless it's Abzan, in which case they have Path. Um, well, I guess Absent, I feel like you say four because you want to shut down Collective Company. I, I, I think it just depends. I think it depends on the deck, but I think one, two, three, and four, there's arguments for this card is very good. I, it's possible this card is too good for modern. I think at, at three, without flash, no kind of ETB effect other than other than exactly what it does, but I mean, no kind of life gain or like one, eight, seven, nothing like that. Has no, no protection. It does, um, though. Choosing one with this card. Like the reason you the reason three drops are problematic is stuff like infect and infinity. But yeah. if you choose one, those decks now have a much harder ch- time in killing you, and 
they can't kill it with lightning bolt. Yeah, like yeah, the, it's like, true. It does have it does have the it does have the um the what's it called effect? Uh, the ten drop gigantic. You can't play cards of a color anymore. Uh, Iona. It does have the Iona effect, which is that when it enters, they choose, and then there's no longer a response time, as yeah. opposed to when it enters, it triggers choosing. Which is that those are massively different. Uh, for anybody who's never experienced the point where somebody is like, I'm gonna cast Iona, and then you're like. Um, and they're like choosing blue, and they're like, like waiting for you to counter it or something, and you're or kill it, and you're like, okay, it resolves, and then try to respond. They're like, no, 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 now it's on the battlefield. You can't play that card anymore. There's no trigger. It's just on the battlefield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like a clone. Yeah, it functions similarly to a clone. Yeah. So yeah, it's really good. Maybe too good. Yeah. Uh, so you have some cards that I didn't name. Um, only one or two. Like there was a couple things that I thought were pretty interesting. Um, uh, Custody Soul Caller was one of the first ones that came to mind. Uh, it's a small, it's a small card that I don't think many people notice, but it does have kind of an interesting effect. So it's a, uh, it's a, it's a white, white, colorless human cleric one two with melee. Melee is an ability that states whenever this creature attacks, it gets plus one plus one till end of turn for each opponent you attacked with a creature this combat. So it's just melee in one v one is only ever going to be plus one plus one. Um, this creature reads, whenever Custody Soul Caller attacks, return target creature card with converted mana cost X or less from your graveyard to the battlefield, where X is the number of players you attacked with a creature this combat. So Custody Soul Caller is going to be a 1-2 for 3 that's going to turn into a 2-3 when you attack, and it's going to trigger getting back a 1-drop every time you attack with it. The fact that it's mono-white, it plays well in a Soul Sister-style deck. Soul Sisters has tons of 1-drops that it's always trying to get back, so... It's kind of a nice, like, little little engine you could play in that deck in the same way that Ranger of Eos gets you one-drops in a deck like that. Um, I don't think it's overpowered. It might not be able to see play, but it has legs to maybe do something. There are decks like... I mean, there, there you could pair this in, like, a pretty interesting deck with, like, like Vexing Devils and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's any kind of a looping of one-drops that you wanted to try to do. I, I think... Three mana is my biggest resistance on this card. Yeah. If it was a two-mana card that literally just had the ability put a 1-1 one, one from your graveyard into play when it attacks, yeah. I'd like definitely consider it because yep. there's a lot of really sweet things that you could do with that. It being three mana, I mean, you talk about four mana, but like three mana is also not... I almost want to say, like, the problem with three mana is that normally a three mana card isn't powerful enough for yeah. three mana. Yep. A four mana card, at least, like, sometimes you'll cast it and just win. Collect a company, some planeswalkers, like, that happens. Yeah. Um, three mana cards often aren't powerful enough to just win the game and are, you know, so that's a, a weird space for it to be in. Um, all right, next card that I was thinking was Subterranean Tremors. Um, so this card's interesting. It's it's not... A lizard? Uh, yeah. Earthquake? Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> so, it's yeah, it's red and X for a sorcery. Subterranean Tremors deals X damage to each creature without flying. If X is four or more, destroy all artifacts. If X is eight or more, put an 8-8 red lizard creature token on the battlefield. You're pretty much never going to ever cast this for, for nine. Um, what it's going to end up being is this is going to be played in a deck that has trouble with affinity. So it actually just gets to play it early as like a three mana mm-hmm. pyroclasm. And then if it gets to five, it's one more mana than Shatterstorm and affinity is just done. It's just over. If you cast it for five, affinity loses. Um, at five at five mana, it destroys all artifacts. Yeah, yeah. So it's, really good. it's like an interesting, it's definitely like an interesting card for a deck that wants I to can, play. A, like, the thing is, this could be main deck. Like I can see like a Jeskai deck that has just like needs a board wipe kind of yeah. to play a one of of this. Totally. Or even like Valakit playing one of in the main, just because like having this available to you to wipe the board for three mana, yep. get rid of all the, the two twos, or as you mentioned, get rid of affinity. And then like sometimes you're just going to have a ton of mana. Sometimes you get to the late game and you're just like, oh no, I have a giant eight eight. Yep. 
destroy all your creatures and I have an 8-8 seems like pretty legit. I like that I <laughs> it's a funny idea getting an 8-8 lizard. I don't think it'll ever happen in modern. Like 9 mana is like so ra- outrageous. Like, I would never cast a spell. I I disagree with you uh, on two levels. For Jund or like cuz like I would never say a 9 mana spell that you consistently need to pay 9 mana for it to do what's valuable out of it. That would yeah. never see play in modern. But the fact that but you can scale it the and fa- it has different yeah. effects at each at level. At 3 mana this card is fine. Like I would play that in modern. Three mana do two. In fact, I am in Tron. <laughs> so the fact that at eight mana, I also get a threat sometimes. Yeah. Like Tron goes late. John goes late game. Jeskai goes late game. Yeah. Mardu decks that are more controlly can go late game. So this yeah. does a lot of really cool things in those decks. And the fact that runs in a while, you're just going to like wreck affinity game one. Like seems sick. It's I mean, okay, to be totally fair, casting a five mana spell to wreck affinity is like you're probably dead by five. So like <laughs> but but Well, but casting it for on three is fine against affinity. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Like it's I, I definitely like the fact that if for instance if for instance they have um And in Jund where also like you lightning bolt their first threat, they're still getting ahead on you and you still can't answer everything, getting to five with Jund is not that hard. Like it, you have yeah. to think about the decks you're putting it in. Yeah. I also I also really like the idea of um, against like affinity when they they have like an etch champion in play and you're like well I can kill all of the things except for the etch champion and the uh, cranial plating and then you're like but I'll just get to five and then my destroy effect works and it doesn't have protection anymore because it's not targeted so that's sweet because oh yeah yeah this gets rid of etch champion I forgot that board wipes can k- yeah yeah sweet so that's sweet. Um, Sweet. Yeah. This card's awesome. I want this. In, this is like a great card for modern, actually. Yeah. The more I think about it, the more I want it to be printed. This might be, of all the cards we talked about, might I like think the most. this is the card I want in modern the most. I'm sad it wasn't on my original list. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about what it does. The last card that I pulled that you didn't was Borderland Explorer. And Borderland Explorer is like a very, very modest card. I didn't even, I haven't even read this card until you brought it up. I thought it was just like a random comment that I'd see once in a draft. It's actually funny because it's kind of your style card. Um, I know. I'm excited. (laughs) This card's pretty sweet. It's green, colorless for a 3-1 elf scout. When Borderland Explorer enters the battlefield, each player may discard a card. Each player who discarded a card this way may search his or her library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it in his or her hand, then shuffle his or her library. It's just like a very interesting and elegantly designed card. I like it because 3-1's for 2. It's an elf scout, so like... 3-1 3-1 for 2 is fine. It's not great, um, but mm-hmm. it's it, they've classically been playable in various styles of decks. Um, it allows you to discard a chaff card you want in your graveyard and replace it with a land in hand and be left with a 3-1 body. Um, that's really good. In like the Coco decks that I was building over the summer last year, those Superior Burning Coco decks where you wanted to like discard a Mere Superior or you like needed to get rid of your extra pack rat, some crap like that. It seems like really that. good in the... Uh, your, as much as like... Ha ha ha... Um, Superior Burning Cocoa. Like, this seems like like it could bring it... Because, like, one of the weaknesses that deck had is you were playing, like, 18 lands. And so this lets you take advantage of that by getting the land you need if you need to get the three mana for whatever reason, which sometimes you did because you had Collected Company in the deck. But then it also, like... You also, like, don't... Like, sometimes you're like, okay, I have this extra Burning Tree Emissary. Great. I'll just, like, discard it now and not care anymore at all. Yeah. Um, You know, I have my second Profane Command. It's too expensive. I don't need it. Like, that's definitely cool. Um, It also... Each player may discard a card, which means that if you have, let's just say your hand is packed with the wrong colored lands and you need a third land to get right. your third color, this allows you to discard like a swamp and replace it with a plains. It's, it mana fixes us at the same time that it, like, it's good. Yeah, no, I'm all on board. This card's good. Um, but unfortunately, none of these cards are in modern. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, we wasted your time. 
All right. <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's kind of it. It. I loved Conspiracy One. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you, I think you kind of got back in the magic right after Conspiracy One. Uh, that sounds Cause Conspiracy right. came out right before Cons Block. Um, I mean, I definitely, I definitely remember um, that coming out and reading about it because of Highlander. So, like, that's any set that prints foil cards. We in Highlander yeah. always like pay some, attention something to. we haven't talked about is like you know we've talked about that we play Highlander a lot, and this is a set that like once again. Yeah, it's really good for Highlander. This um, the the cards like there was like a few cards from the first conspiracy that made it into Highlander decks. So I was paying attention to those. Um, I will definitely do an update off of you know these conspiracy cards and add a few of these to my decks. But uh, yeah, it's been a big update of these Vintage Masters. I mean, for those people who don't know what Highlander Roulette is, it's a uh, you have six decks. Each of those decks are singleton among themselves, so you can't repeat a card in any of those decks. And then it's a one v one format where you roll off, and you so you don't get to pick which deck of your decks that you have that play against the other person. Um, and that's uh, Highlander Roulette. It's really sweet. It, uh, the the ban list though is only foil cards are available. You can play non foils, but they have to have a foil printing. Yeah, it's it's definitely a super fun format. It's uh it's you know it's elegantly designed, well balanced, and um, I think there will be opportunity soon to talk about it a little further on this show. Yeah, um, or this is kind of our non magic minute, even though it's about magic. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to talk about that a little more soon. But otherwise, guys, thank you for listening to the episode tonight. Yep. Uh, today, we were recording it tonight. And uh, enjoy this and tweet us your thoughts. If we missed any cards, you thought yeah, what, what card? Cool. Yeah, what's your favorite card? Uh, the two questions, I have another question for Twitter. So we normally do our top tens in a very competitive way or like our set reviews. And I think those are generally more enjoyable for us, for sure, and I think for the people listening. But uh, this is a different way we review sets. I want to know your guys' opinion on between the two, which type of review you enjoy more. Yeah. Um, this is a little bit less confrontational. It's a little less of a game. Um, but if you guys enjoy this, you know, we might lean more towards doing our set reviews a little closer to this. It's, it's up to you guys because um, this is for you. Yeah. So uh, let us know uh, and we will uh, talk to you guys next week. All right, guys. Oh, wait. Follow us on Twitter at the MMCast. Follow the command zone at command zone. Did we do any of that? At the beginning. Oh, we so don't do it at the end. Can, we can. Follow uh, me at Kess Wiley, Ben Bateman at Ben Bateman Media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and our YouTube channel. Mike Clary is doing awesome videos every week, so check that out. Also, it's uh, look up the Masters of Modern Podcast on YouTube. And head over to uh, dmtwclothing.com to check out our new products and their awesome lifestyle brand. Those guys are red. Sneaky pseudo-secondary sign-off is done. See you guys next week. Bye. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the mmcast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator.